Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily, hour number two. So we'll shift a little bit. No Shreya Slotus today. Uh, Slata today. We will talk a little more football, and then we'll get into college basketball a little bit. KU, uh, off another disappointing loss, gets Cincinnati tonight. Wichita State still winless in conference play. We'll hit on both of those a little bit later. K-State did get the win that they were supposed to get. A little cozier than probably we'd have liked to see, but they get the win. Uh, but let's continue to talk NFL a little bit, Tommy. So now that we have this round in the books, I think the fallout would be most aimed at the Bills, potentially. I thought the Bills had a great plan. Everything but the fake punt, I, I, I thought that the Bills did a really nice job last night. I thought McDermott did a good job. I thought their scheme was great. I thought their plan was great. It was a great game. The fake punt's the only thing that felt out of place. I, I I take issue with the fact that the Chiefs obviously knew it was coming, right? There was no surprise to it. But other than that, and and it really it just becomes a question of was the risk necessary at that point, I think, as much as anything. But that's a part of a fake punt, right? You kind of have to do it when nobody's expecting it except the Chiefs totally expected it. It was weird. I thought the Bills did great. I thought Josh Allen was great. I think if you look at the the reality of the situation, which I know is really hard to do, especially when the Bills have been in this spot so many times, is that they had way too many injuries to overcome in this game against the Chiefs. That's the reality of last night. When you're missing Gabe Davis, when you're missing, I think, three linebackers and two defensive linemen or whatever it was, when... Khalil Shakir, who'd been good, goes down and maybe miss it. Like when all of those things pile up against you and the Chiefs come in and beat you on the road, that shouldn't be anything that jars you. But you have to consider the history of the franchise. You have to consider the parallels to what we've seen from the franchise in years past. I always, I, I think the grass, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Absolutely takes effect here. I don't think any massive change would be very smart for Buffalo, other than changing the roster to some degree in the offseason. But I'm afraid they may do something drastic here. And and I just, because I, I want the Bills to have success. And I know that ultimately will come at, you know, the expense of the Chiefs at some point. Josh Allen's too good to, at some point, not get it done. Like, he is so good. So I don't know. But they're, they're, I, what do you do if you're Buffalo? Yeah, one of the major talking points after the game was that all coaches in the NFL that have won a Super Bowl that are active right now all won their championship between years two and year seven with their franchises. This was year number seven for Sean McDermott in Buffalo. And so the thought process is that window is closing for Sean McDermott or totally closed. Uh, Is he going to be the coach who can get them over the hump? And that's a really difficult question to answer because of how talented Josh Allen is. I think that as long as you have Josh Allen on your team, you always have a chance to go and compete for a Super Bowl. The problem is the defense is getting older. They were injured a lot this season. But even without their injuries, they're a pretty experienced defense. And and that's saying it nicely. They're kind of old. 
right? And so I think that if you start to try to rebuild that roster, try to get a little bit younger, at that point, does that take you further away from your goal? What does that look like? I think one of the big questions that the Bills organization and the fan base, all of those people who are calling for change and wanting to move away from Sean McDermott, that they need to remember is what this team looked like before Sean McDermott came to town, right? I mean, remember Rex Ryan was the coach for a couple of years. Yeah. They were they were not good. Like they've cycled through some coaches that things had not been good for them. It wasn't until the pairing of McDermott and Allen that we started to see them perennially compete for a championship. They haven't gotten over the hump, but they've at least been in the hunt basically every single time. Well, and remember too, they made their change at offensive coordinator, right? And it worked. Yeah. They got much better. So yeah. I, I just when I look at these and it's easier for us because we're not right there and you know the Bills Mafia. Did Sean McDermott cost the Bills the game last night? Or did injuries and a missed field goal cost the Bills the game last night? Well, I think night? Patrick Mahomes cost the Bills the I, game last night. You know what I right? mean? That's and, and, and that's, even, that's the real question not, because but that's the number not a of forgivable times, excuse. That that's probably the excuse that would lead you to think okay, then you've got to make the change and find who can beat Mahomes. You remember but when I, Kansas City was building up this dynasty, and it seemed like every time they were building it up, they got in the path of the Patriots, and the Patriots just knocked them aside? That's kind of the way that it is on the other side with the Bills and the Chiefs now. And, that I mean, that just that makes it that much but, more difficult. And I know that it, it doesn't matter because Bills fans aren't really listening to us, maybe one-offs, but I, look— the, the that was game seven. The Bills have beaten the Chiefs three yeah. out of six times, right? It hasn't happened in the postseason, and I know that yeah. matters. That's the issue. That when it's actually well, happening, it's not happening in the postseason. I think it's I think it's the issue, but I think it's the I think it's the false issue, right? I think there's I think there's fallacy to those things sometimes. Again, the Bills don't miss that field goal. That game might be going to overtime. Like there are you know, there are other things that cost them that don't have anything to do with Sean McDermott, right? He didn't he didn't kick the field goal. He didn't miss the field goal. He didn't, you know, the, the whatever. He the, he the the punt was bad. And otherwise, they were fine. And they've he has beaten the Chiefs almost half the time that they've played, and they play twice a year every year. That's what's so crazy about it. now the timing of it has been very unfortunate. I just you got to be careful what you wish for now the other side of that argument right is that philadelphia made that sort of difficult decision with andy reed and eventually they won a super bowl now it was it's not apples to apples right if if buffalo gets rid of mcdermott and wins a super bowl what six years later i don't think it's going to be directly correlated or anything like that it's just like i get that i get when you get to the point of like, you just have to make a change because time has run its course. But I don't think that's the case this year for this team. And I think the danger is on the other side. As great as Josh Allen is, they still have to go through a rebuild on the roster. So if you're going to have to go through the rebuild and you want to bring in a new coach, that that could go sideways on you real quick. Right, you're you're far better off going through the rebuild with the consistency. To in my opinion, at coach, like they got to move on from Steph Diggs. Everyone was worried Steph Diggs would leave them. I think it's time for them to move on from Steph Diggs, 
And I think they're going to need a major overhaul. You got to catch it, those balls, by the way, when they're thrown to you. Those were. I know something is up there perfectly. That that guy uh, is a deep thinker. We'll put it that way. And something's up with with it has been all year. He has just not been the same player, and he's older. That could have everything to do with it. But they're going to have to. Ch- they're going to have to make a lot of changes. They'll probably. It'll be. They got a lot of free agents of, going into this year. It'll be, and they and they probably need a lot of free agents. They probably need to shake it up that way yep. because they're going to have to go through this year what the Chiefs did two years ago, or is it three years ago, and and really redefine and infuse the roster with some young talent, and and le- just while you're doing it, lean on probably Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid, honestly. And then just cycle some other stuff through there. There will never be a better offseason to be a free agent wide receiver. Okay? Let me just tell you that right now. Because there are two landing spots that really need somebody. Like, if you're a free agent wide receiver, I don't know that you've ever had the sort of opportunity that you'll have this offseason. Because there's a real good chance you could go land with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Both of these teams need wide receivers. And will be pretty desperate for it. I am salivating if I'm a good receiver on the market this offseason because you got a chance to go play with either one of those guys. I, they they have to do that. I don't think I think making a change at coach is is the wrong decision. And I really think while they're having to rebuild, if they do that, it could it could hurt them badly. I think that Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit for getting this team from six and six to the hottest team in the NFL. Yeah entering the playoffs. I think that that's on Sean McDermott for rallying the team and, and making that happen. Uh, but I do, and I know hindsight is 2020, but I do want to go back. You talked about how Sean missed the field goal. Okay. But Sean McDermott made the decision to put Tyler Bass out there. And again, hindsight is 2020, but in my mind, that should have been four down territory for Buffalo. Oh no, they should have. No, they should be. Tyler Bass was one of three kicking field goals in the previous week's game against the Steelers at home. Something's up with him. He, he did not kick well the week before. Well, it was a hard, we knew, it was a hard game well, to kick. But I mean, we, it was windy, we knew, but yeah. we knew how windy it was the, in the game last night. It wasn't a chip shot field goal, right? And he had had issues and he had been kicking right the entire game. And you've, if, if you end up making that field goal, if Bass converts that, it's a tie game with a half left and Patrick Mahomes gets the football. We, that's happened so many different times against the Buffalo Bills. Go for the win. Call plays where you can get into four down territory and you can convert, get into the end zone, and then force Kansas City to have to go down there and actually score to win the game. I, I feel like that would have been a better way to approach that if I'm Sean McDermott. So I don't blame him for the loss, but I do think that in that moment, I probably would have called it differently. So. Uh, just just a quick check on Tyler Bass, and I thought Feely was good about like Tyler Bass before the Pittsburgh game. Tyler Bass great. didn't he didn't yeah, he miss a, he didn't miss any kick any kick. I had him on my o- fantasy team. He was great since October though. Yeah, right. So in a game against Pittsburgh, which was a weather game by the way, like a brutally nasty, awful weather game, the fact that the guy who hasn't missed any kick since October. Missed a long one, like I, you know, Two. like I know he missed he a short one, one and a long one, but but in that game when he hadn't missed any other kick since October, and by the way, earlier in the game against the Chiefs, he made a field goal, right? So I, I totally get having your confidence in your kicker. 
Like that, that doesn't bother me at all. But wouldn't the you only, rather hand the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with a minute, some to go with the, the lead? That's the as part opposed of it. to a tie. Well, that's the part. So, like, it's not to me. It's not the confidence in the kicker. You put your team in a position to do the thing that you've done all year. Now, if you want to make the case that there's a strategic element to not allowing Mahomes to have the ball back and going for it for that reason, I can get more on board with that. But that is so far from a slam dunk coaching decision. Like that is probably less than a coin flip at best. How many times? That's a how that's many, a how many high times, risk. How many times have these two teams played, and Patrick Mahomes has ripped the heart out of the Bills organization? Well, I remember the one. I don't know other than right. that. They Was had more the opportunity. I, it's happened a couple times. I, they had the chance to be able to have a lead with you know a few minutes left, and they would have went up by four had they gotten into the end zone. You would have forced. Kansas City, probably to use timeouts, get the ball back, have to get into the end zone with no timeouts left and a minute or so to go. Now, we've seen Kansas City in that, you know, AFC championship or the divisional round, 13 seconds. That's all it took for a field goal, Kansas City to force overtime. But if you have a four point lead, you got to get into the end zone. It makes it that much more difficult. I'm just saying hindsight is 2020, but I would have set that up a little bit differently if I was Buffalo to try to make sure that you've got a lead and then force Kansas City to get into the end zone to then win the game as opposed well, to clock settling for a field goal, settling for a field goal to tie. And then you're kind of just conceding that at that going to play for overtime. That's not the kind of coaching decision, though. Like, that, again, that's there is absolutely nothing wrong with running your field goal kicker out there on that. That's not one where you're like, I can't believe they didn't go for it there. Right. McDermott doesn't have very many of those. Like, he's not. Mike McCarthy. The Bills don't show up for a big game and get destroyed, right? Like like McCarthy. When you're talking about like egregious coaching things, I don't think McDermott ever does that. Like he doesn't ever have his team unprepared, those kinds of things. I, I don't know. I wouldn't make the change. I think it's a mistake. If they were established on their roster, right? If they were this roster that underachieved and that basically run it back and you just had a different strategist in there, that would be one thing, but that is not what Buffalo is going to be dealing with this offseason, and I just don't know that it's very smart then to change that alongside it. Uh, but they'll have a big decision to make. We'll see. This has been one of the most interesting cycles with coaches, with you know Vrabel out and Belichick and Carroll out and Tomlin, you know, the rumors swirling around him, and all, like all of these guys who we've considered the best – when we talked about coaching changes that we would we would see be made, I I wouldn't have said any of these would be made, which is what's been so crazy about it. Um, and then you've got you know the Chiefs' rumors of their own that you've seen out there that Andy Reid might be ready to hang it up, that Patrick, uh, that Travis Kelsey might be ready to hang it up. I I'll if I was a betting man, uh, and I am, I would bet you that Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid are both back next year i i would bet that neither of them are done after this year but we'll see uh and that's a different conversation to have on a different day but I, by the way and i bring it up because it, they're, they're both sort of those rumors have been in the news lately jason kelsey lived his best life last night oh at the game God, how cool animal. would it be and i don't think it's going to happen but how cool would spirit it be spirit animal if the Chiefs signed him to a one-year deal as just a backup you know, somebody that, you know, come in, yeah, get some snaps. He, he can play with his brother. 
or do something that puts his retirement in question? Did I miss that? Because I, uh, I saw I, yesterday did he actually somebody ever like officially announced. No, he was there's retiring? a report that he told his teammates. Yeah, but I, I, but I saw some of yesterday some chatter of like probably or maybe or whatever, and I'm like, did he say something? Did I miss something? But man, I, I, my wife and I, of course, she's locked into you know that aspect of the game and and everything that's happening there and uh, all of these things and you know are they expecting another baby like all that stuff. So I'm like, I, I just there was a moment in the game and I know everybody saw it now where they were doing their Taylor Swift cutaway, but hidden in the background is shirtless Jason Kelsey <laughs> slamming a beer, and it's like, see, like they football and Taylor Swift can converge, like we can yeah. all get along and get together because that's got something for everyone, right? And and I just like picture that to me that looks like a man that's done playing football and enjoying every minute. He hasn't been able to enjoy the Taylor Swift phenomenon and his wife and his family. Like they haven't been able to enjoy this yet, and clearly they were. And clearly he was messing around with Bills fans. Like how much? Like he's he's all of our spirit animal. He really is. You know, he's like, yeah. He he's shirtless, downing downing beers and going crazy. And you know everybody's like, well, look at Jason Kelsey. He's an icon. And then I do that, and my wife is like, "Put your shirt back on. You're embarrassing me." You know, well, it's listen, just it's you different don't take rules your for different wife, people. You don't take your wife to those moments. I have been shirtless in a stadium, slamming beers, uh, and it's an incredible experience. Like it's something we should all experience. Would my wife have been particularly uh, thrilled had she been next to me? Absolutely not. But guess what? She wasn't next to me. You know, like. Well, you know, don't if you if you can't take the behavior, uh, you got to just like this is what it is. And so, you know, maybe you get to a game and she's not there and bye bye shirt. See you later. Let's let's rip it. But not like that. I mean, that that takes a next level enjoyment of a football. But don't you just like he's just there to watch his brother like he gets to be a fan. He gets to get caught up in the Taylor Swift mania, like all of it, the party, like the whole thing. What a great, like, first leg of retirement to take, if that's the case. Even if it's not retirement, who cares? But the, the retirement plans of the Kelseys will be studied for years because they're, they're, they seem to be flawless, right? Like, this, this plan of retirement that they're on, whatever it is, we're all jealous. You can say what you want about all of it. If it makes you angry, you're probably just jealous. Uh, if you're enjoying it, you're jealous for sure, uh, because that's where I fall. But man, I love it. That was that was the most fun part of the game last night. There's no question about that. And these two are going to be stars when they both eventually are done. Whatever that looks like, they are going to be stars, just like the Mannings are. Uh, and we'll see. What a fun what a fun game. That game was incredible. It always is. Just never doesn't deliver for us. I'm heartbroken for Bills fans today. But Chiefs, Chiefs Kingdom, keep on riding it. I think their chances at a Super Bowl are great. They're three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, dogs, I should say, three-and-a-half-point dogs to the Ravens. All right, we'll come back. Let's talk some college hoops. KU plays tonight. Wichita State played yesterday. Uh, K-State got their win over the weekend. A lot to get through. We'll continue on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. I just sent Tommy a clip as he said, 
you know, if I took my shirt off and slammed beers, my wife would tell me to put my shirt back on. Apparently, Jason Kelsey's wife said the same thing. There's a funny clip of as he jumps out. I, I'm guessing it's maybe a security guard was like, hey, uh, your wife said, get your get your butt back in here, basically, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, that's how we that's how we all live our lives. You know, we, we misbehave until we're told not to. Uh, that was fun. Sometimes was fun. we need right. to be checked a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest about that. I need, oh. I need checked occasionally. I, I, I think about this all the time. As annoyed as I get when maybe I'm getting nagged or whatever, if, if my wife wasn't my wife, I don't know what, what would be of my life right now. Like those checks that annoy me were absolutely necessary at the time of my life when they came. Like they were a very good thing for me, and we'll go back to complaining about it. But let's be real with ourselves. Yeah, we need those those checks in place, or we're just a bunch of bumbling idiots. That's that's there's no doubt about that. All right, Ku uh, Tommy this weekend. Look, man, I told you they needed to beat West Virginia by a big number. You got you, they don't they don't even beat them. Like, and I, I don't care if it's in Morgantown. Like, if KU is going to be a national championship team, they go on the road and beat the bad teams in the Big 12. If you can't do that, like, I don't... And, I, and, and, and what my problem is with it now, are they going to get there? Like, I keep just thinking, like, oh, yeah, they'll get there. But now I'm like, I don't know if they're going to get there. I don't, I don't know. And, and I can't figure out why. Why? I told you on Friday, Morgantown is an incredibly difficult place to play. I know it's in a difficult place to but but I don't care. Difficult place to play. I I, I get it. It's it's a difficult place to play, but West Virginia's lost games there this year, all year. Bob Huggins isn't there. The roster's not very good, right? K-State went there and beat them by what? 14, 15 points? But K-State was down, uh, you know, like multiple possessions towards the end of the game. They pulled away at the end. But can't I mean it was the the game was a lot closer with Kansas State than what the final score would indicate. Morgantown is a tough place to play. I don't care who the coach is of the team, that is a, a tough location to play. Now, on top of that, West Virginia shot the lights out of the basketball, and it was a back and forth. Kansas shot the ball pretty well too. Nobody could stop the other team. It just didn't matter. And I, at one point, I thought, man, we're going to have a game where both teams are up in the 100s. Like, it was a very high-scoring game, not a whole lot of defense. West Virginia shot incredibly well from three. Um, man, it, you know, just not a not a defensive clinic. Let me just say that. I, listen, I don't want any excuses, though. West Virginia is 7-5 and five at home this year. They have losses to St. John's, to Pittsburgh, to Radford, 15 to K-State, right? They lost a game to Monmouth. I I, I don't want to hear that that place is, like, that's an excuse that doesn't need to be there for Kansas. I don't care that Morgantown historically has been a tough place to play. It hasn't been that tough this it's year. It's a bad loss. I'm not, I'm not debating that. It's a bad loss for Kansas. But it, it's a loss that... I, I wasn't totally sure going into the game that they would dominate. I mean, I thought that they would probably win the game, but I mean, you're talking on Friday about, oh, they, they need to go in there and they cover the to. number and beat them by they a big do. margin and all this. I never thought that was going to happen, even if they did win the game, because Kansas I, doesn't cover spreads this season. That's not they don't predictive do it. as much as it's what they need to do. If this team's going to be that team, you do need to be able to go do that. The problem is they're not. 
And so then it's now a question of, will they? And I think the longer we get into this and see this rinse, wash, repeat thing, it's like, man, I don't know. If they're going to be able to do it into the conference season. And this conference is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, right? From top to bottom. Well, not top to all the way bottom, but top to, I don't know, the top 11 teams in the conference. They're all, I think you can make a case for any one of them to win the conference. Uh, They have what eight teams in the top 25 right now. That's going to change. I think when it comes out today, but it is an incredibly difficult conference and it always is. And it's a bloodbath and you've got teams beating up on each other. That never changes. And it doesn't matter if you are West Virginia, Oklahoma state is the worst team in the conference and they almost beat Kansas state on Saturday, right? Like it, it is, that's just what the big 12 does. Am I making excuses for Kansas? No, that's a bad loss. When you look at Bill self coached teams taking on opponents where they are like really, really low in the net, you've got the 2013 game against TCU. And that's the famous game when Bill self said that they couldn't beat the Topeka YMCA. And then you've got the game on Saturday against West Virginia. I I mean, it's a bad loss. It is 100% a bad loss. One that you cannot have against a team that is, you know, they're mediocre at best. Okay. I totally understand that, but I am not expecting any team in the big 12 to just run their way through the conference. That's not the way this conference is set up. No, I'm not, I'm not looking for perspective on how good the big 12 is. I know that what I'm trying to understand about KU because the expectation is that this should be a team that goes to a final four, right? Wins a national. That That's the problem I'm having with it. I know that the Big 12 is tough. I know that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. My problem is we keep seeing the same thing with KU. And it'd be one thing if that was a one-off loss. It's not, though a one-off performance like that. We've seen it several times this year. And they may very well win the Big 12. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is our expectation is higher than that, or at least it was going into the year. For this roster, returning 60% of your starting lineup and adding Hunter Dickens into that? Let's go to the phone lines on the hotline now. Dave wants to talk some KU. What's up, Dave? Welcome into Sports Daily. Uh, thank you. Well, I called last week and said it was time to trash the talk in the national championship, and I certainly believe that now. I think yeah. the goal is maybe to get in the top four of the league. And I looked up, there's six road games left, and if you guys want to look at it, and if you can tell me one of those road games that you really feel confident that KU can win, because I don't. Well, I look, it's not, the sky's not falling. It's It's really all about perspective. So they go on the road to Iowa State, they go on the road to Kansas State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Houston left. They're not going to lose all those games. I, it, it just becomes like, what is what is the expectation that you have? KU's 15-3. and three. They're going to be a top 10 team this year. It's just the things that are, are biting them, are, are they going to be good enough to overcome them? They're not going to become a good three-point shooting team, and I don't think they should just try to all of a sudden do that. It's can they do whatever else it is that they they can do better than what they've done? I I don't know. The it, you know you cannot give up ninety one points to West Virginia. You just can't do that. I mean that's the bigger issue to me is how they're playing defense. This should be the best defensive team in the country. 
I, I, like for real, when you've got KJ Adams and Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris, like those are some of the best players in the country individually, defensively. That's not an assumption. They've been that at other points of their career. So why aren't they collectively that now? That's what I'm not like. I, it's just not processing for me. Like I cannot figure out why this isn't working better. West Virginia, by the way, shot 57% from three. And in the first half, it was like they couldn't miss from long distance. And and that happens a lot. Uh, for some reason, I don't know if just the Jayhawks are not great at playing three-point defense. I don't exactly know, you know what that looks like. But I do know that there were some shots, especially in the first half, that West Virginia made that I just thought, what more can you do there? There's just not a whole lot more you can do. And again, I'm not making excuses. What I'm saying is that sometimes teams get hot. We saw that, we're going to talk about Wichita State in a little bit, we saw that happen with Wichita State when they played Memphis, right? Memphis just couldn't miss. There was just, the, the every shot was going in for the opponent. That happens sometimes. Now, do they need to be playing better defense? 100%. They absolutely do. And, and that is something that's got to be a focus. They've got to not turn the ball over as much as they have been. They've got to make sure that they are getting rebounds. They were out-rebounded by West Virginia by nine. I don't know exactly what's going on with Hunter Dickinson, but he didn't rebound the basketball like we're accustomed to seeing him rebound. I think he finished with, what, five rebounds in the game? That's not a typical Hunter Dickinson rebounding game. So there are clearly some issues there. You know, they, it's a quick turnaround. They play Cincinnati tonight. Uh They've got to figure this out quickly because I do agree with you that if things don't happen soon, yeah, I mean, like, we're we're not, the sky's not falling, but the expectation level, we've got to, got to get this figured out. Now, it's falling. That expectation it's falling. level is and falling. And that's, I, I don't want people to misunderstand. I, I don't like to go to hyperbole. It, it goes back to the Chiefs. Like, I'm not, I, I don't want to, like, sound like it's panicking. It's just... I still expect, and if I had to make my pick, KU's winning the Big 12 this year. KU has three losses. Two of them are Marquette and then a couple of road games. Like, that's that's not fundamentally, like, what has me so concerned. What has me so concerned is they're not seeming to... Um, I don't know if it's gel. I don't know what it is, and that's why I'm having such a hard time with it. Something isn't there yet. And it's it's not just that they don't have a great fifth player like that. That's obvious. Everybody knows that. But you don't always have to have a great fifth player. They've got four of their five players who are borderline all Americans, right? Like that's what's not making sense to me is they should be beating people badly because this roster felt like it had the potential to be that kind of team. They're not that kind of team. And I just don't know what's going to change that gets them to that level other than teams just don't score more than about 65 points against them ever, right? Like that and, – and so I don't, I don't know. It's just – it's I mean, very I think that there is – I think that there is an argument that can be made that while the result in Morgantown on Saturday was obviously not good and that's a team that they should have beat – I think you can almost look at that as an outlier, right? It's kind of an anomaly. They don't give up that number of points typically, especially in league play. Um, there's always, it seems like, a game or two in league play with Bill Self teams where every year they lay an egg and you're like, wow, oh, that wasn't good. But they've, you know? they've played five conference games, Tommy, and they've lost two now yeah. that that don't jive with what sure. we know about this team. Right, like losing road Big Twelve games, fine. 
losing them to those two teams when you've only played a couple, that's but you back you back it up, you back it up with the conference win against TCU sure. and TCU looks great. It. You yep. back it up and with the top with 10 a bad team in call at the with a bad call at the well, end of the game and maybe they shouldn't have beat well, TCU. You know, you know what I mean? Win, it's just they're, you, they're you, not you decisively doing what they beat need Oklahoma and Oklahoma yep. is a top 15 team nationally like you can take the good with the bad. You can't cherry pick just the I'm not road losses. Picking. I'm not cherry picking. I'm saying that the bad is bad enough to lower what we thought this team could be. Again, I still think they're going to win the Big 12. I I think that they're but I don't know if I think what has been bad is getting better and if it doesn't is that going to be a fatal flaw in the tournament? Yeah, because what's going to happen in the tournament? You're probably going to play a team that shoots it well in some game. What do you do in response to that? Because it's not going to be that KU shoots well from outside. That's not going to be what they do this year. And I think that's okay that it's not what they do this year. But only if they lock people down. You're going to have to figure out a way to win a game where somebody shoots well. And, And against UCF, that wasn't a game where UCF shot well. I mean, you know what I mean? It was 65 to 60. Yeah. So I, I don't – I just can't figure out how this keeps happening. And we've been talking about this forever. Don't ever bet KU to cover on the road. They just won't do it. You know that's what the longest – That's weird. You know what the longest current winning streak in the Big 12 is right now? Oh, God. Uh, two? Two. Two yeah. games. It, that's it's just the way this, this conference is. But Houston not when it's UCF and West three and two Virginia. in the conference. But I not when it's it, UCF and West Virginia. But what I'm saying is that teams beat up on teams every single week in this conference. Every year that happens, but not at the bottom. Not twice in a row at the bottom. That's weird, right? The two two of the worst, th- two of the three worst teams in the league, right? And what did Kansas do against Oklahoma State, who is the worst team in the conference? Beat them by what? 30, what they should right? have done. You're right. Yeah. Right, what exactly. they should be doing. You know? Yes. So it's not. I agree. It's, uh, it's weird to have losses to West Virginia and UCF in a Big 12 road, season. On the road. Does anywhere, I, anywhere. Okay. How many losses does Kansas traditionally have in the Big 12? Watch it Watch it when, you know, and I don't know exactly the schedule because I know it's not balanced, but does UCF or West Virginia come to Allen Fieldhouse um, this season? If they do, I mean, w- watch what happens in that game, uh, in those games at home. No, they don't um, get no, either one of them. They don't play either one of them. So, it, yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit different if they were if they, they were don't, in, but, in Lawrence. But, Tommy, like how many how many Big 12 games does KU typically lose in a year? Anywhere from what, like two to four, maybe five? They've already had yeah. two of them against two of the worst teams in the league. That's not normal. I know the Big 12 is always tough, and I know it's always tough to win on the road. But if KU typically, when they're at the top, loses between two and five, they've already lost two to the two worst teams. Two of the worst, two of the three worst teams. That's what's weird. So what happens now? Like, and and so, okay, KU now, and to the caller's point there, Dave, like what happens when they go on the road and play a good team in the Big 12? Are they going to lose all their road games? No, I don't think that's going to happen, but like that's yeah. the kind of stuff that has the... It. It's concerning. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'll give you that. It is concerning. But I do, listen, again, I think they're going to win I don't the Big think 12. I don't, I don't think it's Chicken Little. I don't think that it's, you know, no, the no, sky's no, no. falling. I don't I just, you know, I think it's you look at the the number of points they gave up against West Virginia. I'm willing to write as an anomaly, willing to write that off as, hey, it's an outlier that doesn't typically happen with this team. You know, I, I think that the level of competition, yeah, it's concerning, but I'm not willing to say the sky is falling.
I know they haven't lost all their road games. They've lost two, obviously. They haven't played well on the road all year, though, which is, again, that's weird. It doesn't make sense. And it's all expectation-based. We're talking about KU as a national championship KU, right? Not that they're not awesome. They went on the road to Indiana. They won by four at Indiana earlier this year. I know. How good is Indiana, though? Like, Indiana's not been... I don't think they. It was a neutral amazing. court, but they weren't at home when they beat Kentucky by five in the Champions Classic. They're like, yeah. the, the, you can true roads. Let's let true road. Okay. They haven't played very many. I I I I don't know what it is for me because I am so, I was so high on them coming into the year, and they're just not filling me with confidence at the moment. Maybe that's all it is. I don't I don't know. Uh, but they get a great chance to bounce right back. Uh, they come to Allen Fieldhouse tonight against Cincinnati. Um, it's a late game. It's the 8 o'clock tip. Get it done. Just get it done, KU. I, I, we'll see. Rick says there are two bad calls at the end of West Virginia. I don't care. Don't go Don't don't go. put yourself in a situation against that team in that spot. Again, this is all expectation-based. If we were talking about, I don't know, Texas Tech, we're not having the same conversation. KU's expected to win a national championship this year. So it's all based on that. They're going to be awesome. They're going to do well. But I just, like, what's happening right now shouldn't be happening this late in the season. Get it get it together, KU. Let's talk about the Shockers when we come back. Yikes. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Take a ball, Brock, Tommy, Caster. If you missed any of the conversation, you can go back and listen on the Odyssey app. The Shocker Coaches shows live for free right here on KFH and on the Odyssey app. Tune into KFH tonight for the Terry Nooner Show at 6, followed by Paul Mills at 7, or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH. Uh, they'll have a lot to talk about. Shocker women's basketball not playing well right now. Shocker men's basketball still winless in the American and again, I don't want excuses for anything ever. The Shockers have played five games in the conference. Uh, Florida Atlantic's five and one right now. South Florida is now four and one. North Texas four and one. Memphis four and two. The Temple loss is the only true bad loss. If you're thinking Wichita State needs to finish right eighth, which is where they were p- picked in the league, I-, I think my expectation for them was just too high, Tommy. I just don't. I, I think that. You know, there was something to that prediction, and and we probably need to refocus a little bit and say, what is it that we need to see out of this team? They certainly don't look like a top-half team right now. So can they be the best of the bottom half? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a game they should have had yesterday. Another halftime lead for Wichita State. Let it get away in the second half. Um, It's, you know, same song, different verse. It's what has happened throughout conference play. Uh, They play well, they take a lead into halftime, and then they kind of fall apart. Too many turnovers. Um, they had double the amount of turnovers that South Florida did. And they're not shooting from long distance well at all. 10%, 2 of 19 is not going to get it done uh, in conference play. And, and, you know, honestly, if you're going to only make two of those shots, don't take 19 of them. You know, at, at that point, start to do something else. And that was a, a frustration that we had a year ago with the previous coaching staff where there just wasn't a whole lot of adjustments. That was a disappointing game. And, I, you know, I've been, uh, you know, trying to – stay as positive as possible, try to think of glass half full, you know, type thoughts with this team. 
that's a game they should have had. And look, there were a couple is, of other ones they should have had too in the, in the conference season. They've won one game in their last 10. It yeah. is not our job to stay positive. I don't, right. I mean, you, you can throw that out the window. I'm saying I've been trying to no, find not, like I little sparks of enthusiasm and optimism. It's, it's, I don't, it's I just going don't away. think it's, I don't think it's fair to stay positive. Right. Yeah. I hope that inside that locker room, they're staying positive. I hope that inside that facility, they're staying positive. Not my job to stay positive. They've won one out of their last 10 games. That is flat unacceptable for Wichita State basketball. I don't care who they're playing. You don't win one out of 10 games. Like, that's not okay. And yeah, it's been a top heavy opening to the conference schedule. Again, that doesn't mean you get to lose all of them, right? Like, not when you've had leads and done the things they need to do. So what's the refocus then, right? Not It's not so much staying positive as it is staying realistic, right? They play again Wednesday. They should beat East Carolina at home. Should they beat SMU at home? I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Know. Like SMU's 4-1 and one and 13-5 and five in the overall, you know. So probably not. You know, are you going to go to at Tulsa and win? You hope so. Are you going to Memphis and winning? Then you get a home game at UTSA. Okay. Florida Atlantic at home. I don't think anybody's confidence there. How, can you be confident in any road win right now? Like, what are we looking at? A five-win conference season here? I don't know. I, I So, yeah. <laughs> I'd be able to, you know, maybe be a little bit more optimistic with that if there was some sort of indication that I had that, you know, something was getting better. And they're not shooting the ball well. They're turning the ball over too much. Um, that You know, we've seen small flashes of it. The first half of the Memphis game, right? Like That was one of the flashes. There have been a couple of other ones here and there, but nothing sustaining, nothing that is sustainable right now. They're having a hard time stringing together 40 minutes of basketball. That's a problem. It continues to be a problem. Uh, it's rearing its ugly head right now. I don't know what it's going to take. It's got to get it turned around. You can hear from both coaches of the struggling programs tonight. See what they're saying. See where the confidence sits. 6 o'clock, Terry Nooner. 7 o'clock, Paul Mills. And obviously for free on the Odyssey app if you're not by your radio. We'll come back. We'll tell you what else is on the air tonight when we return on Sports Daily. 